0: Log Talk
1: Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. Power. Real
0: talk for real saints. you ready? And it's for real.
2: All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Well, good morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. So, so once upon a time, I was a child. Um, but I, I'm assuming, unless you were a clone, that all of us were a child at once upon a time. And sometimes we didn't necessarily feel heard or represented. And so I got in a conversation last, I guess, last month with uh, one of our favorite people, and I have asked him to come on today to talk about my question, and that is, do children have civil rights? Do students have civil rights? When these kids go back to school, ours are going back next um, week. Some others Mm -hmm. are going back, I think, sooner. And some are going back a little later, you know, other states they go back in September. Um, you know, there's people wanting to cut their dreadlocks, there's people wanting to slam them on the ground, that you know, they get bullied, you know, and you know, wanting to take property away and, and uh quieting them about talking about their heritage and their culture and so Kevin Anderson of Anderson and Welch is back on with us today. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good
1: morning, ma'am. I am doing great. Thank you for having me back
2: on. I'm always. I know you do just ma'am me.
1: I did (laughs) because you served me.
2: I think. (laughs) Okay, we got to talk about that. (laughs) All right, we do. We do. (laughs) There you go. But he keeps me honest. Movie. He keeps me honest. One of the one of those that keeps me honest on this show. So, <laughs> anyway, so how goes it? How's everything? How's your summer? Hey, I'm doing. I'm, I'm doing great. The
1: summer is hot, hot, and very hot.
2: I love mm-hmm. this weather.
1: Uh, people, you know, complain. I don't. I can't wait for the summer to kick in. You know, I, I, I just, I like it. You know, and so far. I've been very productive. I haven't taken a vacation, but I've taken some mini breaks here and there. Um, it's um, it's good for me this summer so far.
2: Okay. All right. So now is, is a little time to kind of get on a serious note. The kids are back in school. The traffic's about to get bad. Oh Well, anyway, that's my own thing. Um, but we want to talk about – the children going back to school and the, the types of things they're facing in terms of what they can and can't do, what they can and can't wear, how they can fix their hair, uh, what, you know, whether they can keep their phones and, you know, all that kind of stuff, but uh, you know, what they can learn. That's another thing. But we want to talk about who represents them. How do they get their voice out? How do they say, I don't like this. This is not what I came here for you know, or whatever, whatever. So Kevin Anderson of Anderson and Welch, civil rights attorney. Oh, as, as you so aptly stated, uh, we uh,
1: were children or yeah, for purposes of, of this discussion, we had at some point not reached the age of majority. So we were uh, subject to whatever, a school administrator wanted us to do, what our our parents uh, sending us to those environments, expected us to adhere to. Um, And, you know, I wasn't thinking the same way then as I do today. Um, And uh, students today have a number of rights, and students today also have infringements on those rights. So uh, in the schoolhouse, you don't check your, your constitutional rights at the door. Uh, they are these, these rights which travel with you inside the school building, but with some exceptions. Unless you have been under a rock in Florida, uh, you will know that our legislature has been very busy uh, doing things which impact the learning environment. Uh, everything from speech uh, to dress codes to lifestyle identity to uh, the things that uh, you are allowed to read uh, and to learn about in the environment so today I thought about what it was that you asked me to do and and you know so I, when I when I woke up this morning I just kind of just fixated on just some things that I thought if I were a child or if I were a high schooler, let's say, um, you know, reaching the age of majority, but not yet there, uh, what would be important to me? What would be important to me? So so that's that's my angle this morning, Chief. Let's go. All right. So so for, for openers, all right, let's talk about, uh Who is a minor, who, who is uh, that person who uh, this uh, uh, information would pertain to? So in Florida um, you know you are deemed to be a minor for certain purposes. Um, not everybody who uh, is of a certain age is a minor uh, and, and there are, are, are there are a few hallmarks. Uh, for example, uh, you know a person, is still a minor with respect to purchasing and consuming alcohol until they reach 21 years of age, even though they've reached the age of majority for a number of things. Um, With respect to buying a firearm, 21 years of age is still that benchmark unless uh, you're going to buy a rifle or a shotgun and be in law enforcement. Um, To get married, interestingly enough, you can get married younger than 18 uh, if your parents uh, consent to the marriage or if you have been previously married <laughs> and, uh, uh, or if you are pregnant. Uh, and uh, both, both the, the, the child, even though they are less than 18, uh, swear that they are, in fact, the parents of the child. You can be, like, emancipated. Uh, it's interestingly enough that, you know, being a minor depends on what we're talking about. So, uh, you know, and I, and I thought about that the emancipation area uh, because with respect to student loans, uh, and I want everybody to hear this, uh, you don't have to be 18 in order to agree through student loans. 16 is the age limit. We have a statute here in Florida, uh, statute uh, Florida statute 745.05. I'm sorry, 743.05, which says that okay, you know, you're you're an adult for certain purposes and unless you're emancipated, you know, at 18 or 21. But with respect to student loans, you know, we'll we'll let you borrow money, we'll let you you know come to Big Brother and and, and incur all this debt. Um, voting is 18. So when we're in the school environment, and you know, we're, we're dealing with a a uh, group of people who are susceptible to law enforcement and it uh, doesn't matter whether you're 16, whether you're emancipated, or whether you're 18 and still there trying to get your diploma. Uh, so you're right in that environment as far as your ability to uh, be searched and to have things taken from you um, are pretty much the same as when you are outside of a school, with some exceptions. School is that place where we have recognized the balance between safety and the management of those institutions uh, with the constitution which affords a person reasonable privacy and probable cause before searching and seizing those items in a person's possession. Uh, For example, uh, if you are suspected of having a firearm in your possession on campus, the schools are allowed to seize whatever it is that you have in your possession and to conduct that search for the greater safety of the school environment, whereas if that same thing happened outside of school, There would have to be a number of prerequisites before the seizure could take place. And in some instances, there would have to also be a warrant. Those protections aren't necessarily in place when it comes to doing that uh, in a school environment. Uh, You now see people getting arrested in school for fighting. That was something, gee, that when I was coming through school, yeah, I guess it could have happened. I never saw it happen. You know, if you got a, into a fight, it, it, it's over. You know, after someone breaks it up, you got suspended or expelled. But I never saw the police come on campus to arrest a a person involved in, in a fight you know, with another student. I just didn't see that. So
2: Yeah, um, I saw them come it, on campus. I don't know about if they were going to arrest anybody, but they. I think it was more of an intimidation thing you know, and, and it was checking to see who was going off and on campus. This is usually around the last day or so of school because people thought they could just do stuff and get away with it. So they were, you know, starting fights and all that kind of stuff in my little rowdy um, junior high school. Yeah. So.
1: I, well, they came um, if, you know,
2: someone was seriously
1: hurt, but it was, you know, more so uh, to take a report or something. I, I think I saw that, like, once. But no, they routinely, no. If you, you know, smack someone upside the head or two people fought in the lunchroom, you just broke it up, man, and separated the people, you know. Or and now you see people getting arrested for disrupting school and function in the classroom. That's a crime in Florida. You could literally be arrested for, you know, being unruly and disruptive inside of a classroom. Uh, so... So you see a lot of these cases uh, happening on school property being diverted into the uh, circuit court, the juvenile uh, delinquency uh, divisions. And, uh, and what a juvenile delinquency division is is it's a, it's, a, it's a court proceeding which uh, allows a child or a person who hasn't reached the age of majority to be prosecuted uh, in the criminal justice system. Uh, As a child, you have rights. You have, like, a a ton of rights. So you don't have to to speak. Uh, Let me just get that out there. If you're taken into custody or if you're charged with a crime, keep your mouth shut. Don't talk. Keep your mouth shut. I'll say it again. Keep your mouth shut. You need a lawyer. If you can't afford a lawyer, you are entitled to the appointment of court-appointed counsel, and that person, at no charge to you, will speak with you and will advise you accordingly. Um, You have the right to let that person take over the proceeding. You don't have to do one thing. You don't have to say a word. You don't have to do a thing, except make sure you show up for your court date, as long as you're not in secure detention. Um, So uh, you have the right to challenge, in some instances. Uh, unconstitutional searches. Uh, now, I, I said that your your ability to stop certain searches or certain um, seizures uh, in school are, are different than on the outside. Uh, that's not limitless, okay? The ability of a school resource officer, uh, aka the campus police, uh, to uh, confront you and take your things Still requires some degree of probable cause. You know, there there can't be this 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 uh, this warrantless um, non-standard um, you know, search of your property just because you look funny or just because you know they just think that you know what you're coming from a neighborhood that might uh, be one of those areas where guns are coming from or or because. You know, your eyes happen to be bloodshot, so therefore we're just going to, you know, snatch your purse off your, your, your shoulder or, you know, throw you up against the, the, the lockers and start checking you. There has to be an indicia of, uh, of, of uh, suspicion or, you know, some degree of probable cause before that takes place. Those prerequisites don't exist. You have the ability to uh, invoke something known as the exclusionary rule, which allows you to challenge the, the search with, a, with a, a motion to suppress the evidence. Um, uh, you actually have a right to a trial, a full-blown trial in juvenile court. Um, You don't get a jury, but you have a right to compel the government to prove its case against you, just like an adult does where a jury is an option. Now, let me just stop right there because I want to make sure that these these criminal rights are something that children know about. Um, You know, you don't have to succumb to whatever you're being told it by anyone else about, like, not having rights. You have them. They're there. Um, so um, mm-hmm. talk to me, G. Talk to me.
2: Just, just tell your mouthy children to keep their mouth shut. I was one of those mouthy children. I was going to mouth off. Um, keep, just tell them to keep their mouth shut and something happens. But I want to ask about, because you were talking about taking property and stuff, because you know there's this debate now um, where they're saying that they want to uh, check the phones at the door and stuff like that, you know. And I understand the whole thing about, you know, should your child have a phone in class? Shouldn't you, you know, should it be on? You know, they should be using it in class, all that kind of stuff. My concern, which I have not heard anybody talk about, is you're taking these children's phones. Are you locking the children's phones away? Or are you or someone else going through the child's phone to see what's in the child's phone?
1: You you can't go through the phone without a I know you're not line.
2: supposed to. Let's let's be clear. I know you're not supposed to, but um, I, I mean that's been that's one of my concerns. Is you know are are you in, in there? You know, trying to dig up dirt on you know the problem children in your classroom, you know, and going through the phones. Okay.
1: Yeah. You can
2: seize so. the phone. That is a a reasonable.
1: Uh, management decision that the school districts can make, Uh, and uh, seizing the phone is different from um, invading your privacy inside the phone. Uh, Most of the times the phones are seized and then there are uh, pathways or at least uh, some form of, of directive to get the phone back to the parents of the child at minimum, but oftentimes to the child at the end of the day. So, They do not have the right to go into the phone. And and most of the time, a password is required. That expertise doesn't exist on a campus. These resource officers or these counselors, they don't know how to override your security features on your phone. And I don't know anybody who doesn't have at least a passcode uh, on the phone, and most of us are uh, opening our phones by facial recognition. Yeah,
2: well, okay. So anyway, well, I mean, before we go before we go further, we, we need to take a break. Uh, we are here with civil rights attorney Kevin Anderson of Anderson and Welts because we want to find out do our children, as they are going back to school, have civil rights and you know how do they protect themselves and how do we protect them. So if you have questions or comments, the number is five one six three eight seven one nine four four. Gee's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. We'll be right back. having a wedding reception family reunion planning a banquet or some other fundraising event need to share your knowledge through a workshop or seminar or it's a difficult time and you need to plan a wake or repast let us help at our gatherings let us reduce the stress and make the occasion memorable, treasured. Call our gatherings at 407-968-9387 or email our gatherings at yahoo.com. Let us help plan your special event. Good morning, welcome back to G's Power Hour. I've never had it so good entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. We are asking the question as our children go back to school, do they have civil rights? What are their rights, you you know, as we let them go out there and, um, you know, worry about whether or not they are protected. So the number, if you have questions or comments, we are here with Kevin Anderson, 516-387-1944. So, Kevin, please continue. Sure. Thank you. Uh, You know, I started uh, off the discussion with –
1: the definition of uh, when a person is uh, recognized as a minor uh, as opposed to a person who has reached the age of majority. Uh, Reaching the age of majority, uh, I just want to be clear, it doesn't mean that you uh, are uh, 18 or over. It just means that for legal purposes, we're going to treat you as an adult. So I I wanted Mm -hmm. to be be clear because I think that came Mm -hmm. out uh, maybe a little discombobulated initially. Uh, So that uh, it's understood that you're going to have occasions where these uh, minors can be treated as adults, uh, even though they're not uh, people who have numerically reached uh, 18 or 21. Um, And and there's something known as emancipation. And I want to be clear about that, that that emancipation is where a a child who is at least 16 years of age um, has now been uh, granted the authority by their parent, their guardian, or a guardian ad litem, as recognized by the court, to be independent. And that person is no longer considered to be a child. They will be uh, a person who can be sued. They will be an individual who can sell property. They can make their own health care decisions. They're able to uh, live independently. They're able to incur financial debt, um, so uh, all these rules that we're talking about for children don't exist for emancipated people who have not reached the age of majority and uh, have have uh, obtained that status. All right, so I just want want to be real clear about that. So, all right, um, all right. So, moving on here, let's talk about uh, the, uh, the campus rules. Like life as a student, it's tough. You know, and, I mean, it's horrible, like, walking around knowing that you got all these things that uh, were designed to make you miserable. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> amendment right. You know, as you said, you know, you were mouthy. You talked a little bit. All right. So um, there is free speech activity and causes of action uh, on a campus uh, because you got got uh, these, these, these students now who uh, they want to say what they want to say. They want to wear what they want to wear, and they want to write and to petition uh, who they want to petition in any manner that they feel like. Um, and um, there is actually actually a statute which um, kind of permits this in Florida. And now, you don't hear about this. You know, all you hear about are, like, you know, these, these book bannings. You hear about uh, the uh, suppression of gender identity Sexual orientation, uh, pronouns being like you know something that which are like you know a snafu. You know, for example, if a if a uh, a boy wants to be referred to as a a she, or a girl wants to be referred to as a he, um, like you know that the teachers, according to our Florida legislature, uh, just uh, can't do that. They, they have to you know like ignore. That. Now, I'm not endorsing, and I'm not being critical of, 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 you know, that status. I'm just telling you what the what the what the rule is. Okay, so um, there's a statute. It's called the Campus Free Express Act. It's Florida Statute 1004.097, and it lists a number of activities that are protected on campuses, campuses, and causes of action if you breach those particular rights. Um, so um, we both know, gee, that gender, identity, and sexual orientation is the talk of the day, um, period, on, on a campus. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's, it's what's happening. You know, you've got uh, folks out there living the way that they want to live. They're, they haven't reached the age of majority. These children are, are trying to, to figure out who they are and how they want to live and, and what's right, what's wrong. You know and, and they' they're they're going through a lot, man. If you didn't have this, I didn't have it coming through. it's there today. It's there today, okay? so um and let me pause for a second before I go into the the whole LGBTQI and the clothing and sex-based dress codes and things like that, but let me just stop go, let me go ahead and shoot a question at me if you got one.
2: I want you to give me that statute number again.
1: Okay, the statute is one thousand four point zero nine seven. Thank you. One thousand four point zero nine seven. It's the Campus Free Express Act. There you are. All right. So now, um, my um, my my, I believe it was my daughter. She said, "You know, we got we got more alphabets, Dad." We got more alphabet. So she says, all right, what are you talking about? And so she goes, it's not just LGBTQ. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's LGBTQ.
2: It's LGBTQI. LGBTQI. I-A. Yeah.
0: There's an A now.
2: Okay. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I- yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I
1: said the same thing. I said, all right. Okay. All right. Let me check it out. <laughs> and it stands Stop. for lesbian, yeah. les- lesbian gay bisexual transgender queer intersex and asexuals all right so that's where we are all right folks yeah i mean if we're keeping track we're keeping score all right so we're, we're moving up the uh moving up the alphabet chain all right so
2: um
1: and we know that uh we have a legislature and a um a executive branch uh who are hostile towards that community and the things that are recognized in other places regarding people who uh, fall within those categories. So um, there is something known as the Parental Rights in Education Bill, uh, dubbed, air quote, Don't Say Gay Bill, unquote. Um, This bill uh, prohibits the gender identity and sexual orientation provisions that you find in like Title IX of the Higher Education Act uh, in, in the federal arena. And um, so uh, this bill is uh, something that has, has been plaguing campuses, and you're going to have students who are feeling like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm attacked. You know, um, you know, I can't talk about this. Mm-hmm. Teachers are going to feel the same way. But you've got students who, who are living still in this confusion or students who live in their minds, uh, You know, in this maze of, of trying to figure out, like, who I am, what's my sexuality, what's my name, do I like being who I am, do
2: I like what's going on? Now, again, I'm
1: not endorsing, and I'm uh, not uh, so okay. critical. Okay,
2: whoa, 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 whoa. Me, okay. No, whoa. I'm just saying, <laughs> children are not adults. Let me, let me. Do, I, mean, I mean, okay, I, I know we're discussing children's rights. However, children are not adults. Children are not fully formed. They even say that some uh, adults are not fully formed until maybe age 25. So in terms of making some of these decisions, I, I think we have to have, and maybe not today, but we do have to have a discussion in terms of, you know, should you be making this decision if you are not a fully formed adult?
1: I think we do have to have that discussion, and we haven't had enough of them because we don't have the forums which facilitate an open discussion about these particular issues. They're people, though. They're not adults. They're human beings, you know, and they, mm-hmm. they have feelings. And they're, some of those feelings, like they're working through and they have thoughts. Yeah, Some of them are, they haven't figured out
2: yet.
3: So it doesn't mean we get but to like, even, trounce them.
2: But there are even discussions now that are coming out that are saying, you, you are having some of these people that are going back and saying, I really regret. That I went ahead and did this. If I'd have known, I would not have done what I did to myself.
0: You know. I agree. I agree. So Secret I mean, those are discussions are are, are
2: are happening now as well.
0: Yeah. Yep. They are. They are.
1: Uh, I'm just telling you what the law is. You know, I'm not telling yep. you that it's right. And no, telling no, no. That's wrong. okay.
2: That, I asked. You're telling. That's that's what we got. Yep. Um.
1: You know, we also. I'm going, to, I'm going to be frank with you. You know, we've got this whole like the whole bathroom thing. Okay, you remember that? You know, because are going to be some students. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some some boys trying to go in the girls' room. And there are going to be some girls mm-hmm. trying to go in the boys' room, and there are going to be some protests mm-hmm. with respect to why we don't have a unisex bathroom. You know, we got one. You know, in, in a number of places. You know, in malls. You know, you got uh, you know you got them in uh, you know sometimes in airports. And, and you know, students are thinking, oh, wait a minute, you know, just because we're children, it doesn't mean that, like, we don't have the same challenges. So I'm a boy, I want to go to a girl's room. I'm a girl, I want to go to a to a, uh, to a boy's room. I don't, like, you know, identify as a boy, even though I was born with, you know, male anatomy. I identify as a girl. I mean, gee, these are problems that we have to work through. We, we, we can't mm-hmm. just say, you know, they don't exist because they do. And it's people like me with a law degree and who study uh, constitutional law and uh, are versed in our civil rights who can, I think, get us through the discussion because this is a discussion that needs to happen. It's not going away. It's not going away. Um, So um, we have something known as the Safety in Private Spaces Act, which applies to schools. And what that means is that, Um, this is going to force schools to have separate gendered bathrooms. What do you think about that? You know, this is a a law that literally will criminalize using the bathroom that belongs to one's opposite sex. So this is happening here in Florida, okay? So essentially what Florida is saying is, look, we're not buying it. If you're born with the male anatomy, go to the men's room. If you're born without female anatomy, i.e. ovaries, go to the ladies' room. That's
0: that. Mm-hmm.
1: And they've given the State Board of Education until January of 2024 to develop rules for this enforcement. Uh, so Florida's not buying it. Florida's like, look, we, we Florida's kind of like, look, you're kids. We're, we're not playing this game here, you know. So that's – Something that we are dealing
2: with, as a show, and you need to know. And I have to, to I, and I have to say, um, as a God fearing woman, <laughs> I go back to you are talking about all these initials. There are, as far as I'm concerned, there are two. God made them, male and female. He created them. Okay, so if you're a God fearing person, there's just two. There's <laughs> male. And it's female that's that's just and that's me, but you know i'm I'm not alone, I know this, I'm not alone, but that's what it is, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. so anyway, we're going to break. We are here with civil rights attorney Kevin Anderson. if you have questions or comments, uh we are talking about uh children's civil rights numbers five one six three eight seven one nine four four Geez, power hour, I never had It so good entertainment. We'll be right back.
3: dedicated to serving our families. Hi, I'm Tim Garris. Uh, you may know me as Timmy G. Yeah, I know. It's been two decades, but I want you to know I'm back in the art And I've got a mix of music that can help you relax and chill out. It's smooth. It's relaxing. It's chill out jazz. The soulful mix of smooth jazz, soul, and smooth R&B. So join me every Wednesday night, 10 p.m. to midnight on K-Ham Radio.
0: Are you chilling?
2: Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour. I never had it so good. Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. Do children have civil rights? We're asking that question. Um, we're talking. Uh, I'm going to just briefly, and I'm going to post this. Um, Little quote from um, amnestyinternational.org. Amnesty.org. There are about 2.3 billion children in the world, nearly a third of the total human population. Children are defined by law as people who are under the age of majority in their country, usually 18 years old. And they say here, whatever their age, all children have human rights just as adults do. This includes the right to speak out and express opinions, as well as rights to equality, health, education, a clean environment, a safe place to live, and protection from all kinds of harm. So, and it goes on, but I am going to post this on the G's Power Hour Facebook page. We are here with Kevin Anderson to kind of help us get some clarity legally on whether or not children have civil rights as we go back to school this month.
0: Thank you. Continue, Thank Kevin. You. I
1: appreciate that. So we're we're spent quite a bit of time on this gender identity thing, because I think that is going to be the the talk of the day. Uh, We are heading for a collision. Um, Title IX um, in the federal statutes, is exactly opposite of what the Florida legislature has uh, has uh, produced as a bill, which has now been signed into law by our governor. Um, the Title IX specifically applies to any school, whether it's K through 12, preschool, colleges, or university that uh, receives uh, federal grants funding, uh, has students receiving any form of financial aid, there uh, any contractual loans or anything related to the school that uh, are um, uh, through a federal source. Title IX applies, and, and specifically, uh, it it tells you that students have the right to be addressed by the names and pronouns that they want to use. Specifically, uh, this title tells you that uh, students have the right to use restrooms and locker rooms and bathrooms that match their gender identity, not what you have between your legs, but their gender identity. Um, Same thing with respect to dress codes, that students may wear what they want to wear if it matches their gender identity. Uh, so, and, and the Department of Education recognizes that students have to be treated according to their identity, their gender identity. Now, why am I saying all this? Because you asked me to tell you what the law is, all right? So we've got the federal law and we've got the state law. They're on a collision course. You are going to see and hear about this in the near future. You, I'm telling you now. Now, this is Kevin Anderson being the lawyer that I am getting ready to say something that I want you to hear. I believe that this is a trap because debate will be taken by the left, and uh, ultimately uh, the left will file a lawsuit based on the uh, Title IX of the federal statutes against these states who have done everything opposite of Title IX. This will make its way through the federal system because this will be a true conflict uh, with a federal law, and also this will be uh, something that some states uh, agree with and some states don't agree with. So it will be ripe to work its way through the courts of appeal and therefore wind up in the United States Supreme Court for the ultimate decision. We know that our Supreme Court is extremely conservative at this point, or I'll say majority conservative. And you can imagine the outcome of a decision with respect to whether we're going to abide by Title IX under the federal statutes or the state legislatures, which are in contradiction of Title IX. And that will be the law of the land. So I think that we're setting – things are being set up in order to dictate the law of the land in the long run. And those men who want to live like Title IX of the federal statutes – uh, as uh, presently known, uh, should probably just chill out for a moment and not take that bait and let this thing get uh, work its way up through the federal system. Hope it didn't confuse you. Did I confuse you, G? <laughs>
2: Uh, well, I mean, considering I probably already started off confused. No, but you know, it, like I said, it, I mean, like you said, you know, sometimes you got to just sit and wait and let stuff play out. So we we we've got to see. Um, but I and, and, but I'm going to forewarn you and, and some other folks too. We're talking about this, and and I am so ready to have uh, another con- civil rights conversation that um, I, I would like us to have in a few months about. Uh, Freedom of religion. We, we're going to have that discussion, too. Make sure you get the right
1: people. Make um, sure you get the right people. Okay. You need to have the right people, um, for sure. we got to talk about that offline uh, in my judgment.
0: All right. Fine. Yes. Can I, can I move on? Yes.
1: Okay. Let's talk about pregnancy on campus. It happens, you know, as soon as are having sex, unprotected, protected you know, humans are being made. Um, It was happening when I was coming through, and it's happening big time today. Uh, Mm -hmm. There are provisions for women uh, or, you know, girls who uh, get pregnant and who are Mm -hmm. not uh, yet adult uh, under uh, Title IX. Uh, And by the way, I keep saying Title IX. Specifically, it's 20 USC Section 1681. 20 U.S.C. section 1681. Uh, That will will lead you to everything that I've been talking about. Um, This allows a person who um, is pregnant and wants to participate in regular classes Mm -hmm. with um, her classmates and also extracurricular activities to do so according to federal statutes in public schools, period. They don't need anyone's permission. They don't need a waiver. Um, It allows them to do so. It also gives pregnant the right to have special instructional programs that pertain to things that other people would have access to during their pregnancy. Finally, it eliminates the need for a doctor's note in order for you to participate in these extracurricular activities, classes, and special instructional programs. Sometimes what happens is that you will have a school that says, well, we need a doctor's note, we need this. No way, Jay. The Title IX says you don't need it. And finally, uh, the reasonable accommodation or adjustments needed to facilitate this pregnant girl's access to everything that I just said is required under Title IX. Um, now, Florida actually joined that same theory um, and saying that, you know, we need to like respect our, our teenager, pregnant moms. And Florida statute 1003.54 is the teenage parent program. What that does is it literally gives the Pregnant girl the option of participating in regular classroom activities and enrolling in special programs. This is one of those instances where Florida statutes and Title IX under the United States Code are in sync. These guys are walking together as far as teen pregnancies are concerned, and and Florida actually went a step further and and gave us some rights here that allows the pregnant mom to be exempt from minimum attendance requirements is related to her pregnancy. How about that? You know, so that's her right. So if she's out because she's going to, like, you know, well baby or, or you know, she's getting, you know, these, uh, I guess, these monthly examinations or she's experiencing difficulties in her pregnancy, um, she is exempt from minimum attendance requirements. Right, so students need to know that. The pregnant mom needs to know that.
2: I'm getting off subject a little bit, but still I want to ask this question since we're on on the subject of teenage pregnancies and stuff and allowing the uh, students to participate in certain activities. What is the responsibility of the school institution To the pregnant mom, if something happens to her while she is participating in school activities, for example, pregnant mom decides, I still want to participate in in PE or whatever. And, you know, something happens to her and she gets injured or she loses the baby. Um, I mean, who's responsible? Can the school be sued? You know, she decided she wanted to participate.
1: You would come up with a hypothetical like that, All right. So, <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: you know, this. So if
1: like if like they have a a trampoline team, and you know a, a six month pregnant woman wants to, you know, do backflips, she should be you know, allowed to do it, and then if she injures herself, like who's responsible? That that's basically what you're posing to me. Okay. Well, I wasn't going to that
2: extreme, but yeah.
1: Well, this statute doesn't um, um, immunize the the, uh, the school district for uh, allowing someone to do something that's inherently dangerous. Uh, what it does is it, it affords the pregnant mom access to extracurricular activities. Now, if these activities would unduly subject the district to liability then uh, my advice to the particular uh, school leadership is to not allow her to participate in that particular activity. There are other alternatives, um, you know, we're not checking her, 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 you know, her intelligence at the door, uh, you know, we're not going to allow her to be on the, on the, on the, on the skeet team, the rifle and skeet team, you know, where she's going to like, you know, stand a chance of the, the, the recoil from the, from the firearm to like, you know, hit her in the stomach. You know, so, um, and that's just one of those things that if I were counsel for the school, that I would require, uh, you know, her to sue me for not letting her her participate in, you know, in the in the in the interest of her safety, uh, and the baby's safety, and uh, and the school board's uh, liability. Or should or she like sign that.
2: a waiver? Maybe should should there no. be a waiver? Are you permitted to do a waiver? No. No, because
1: she's not, she's not able to do that because she, unless she's emancipated. If she's emancipated, and that's why I went into mm-hmm. for emancipation. If she's emancipated, then she can make those decisions about herself. If she's not emancipated, her parents would have to give that consent. But I, even at that, I still wouldn't, you know, do a waiver, you know, for, for that. You know, I think that's just foolish. And you just assume me, man, you know, and, and then we'll deal with it. And by the time we get to court, the baby will be born. You know, and, mm. you know, we're we'll, we'll kind of, what we'll kind of, we She has of lost it. Thing. Well, no, she ain't going to lose it on my watch because I'm, I with the council, i tell them not to let her do it. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Gotcha. Okay.
1: Let's okay. Give well. me a tough one. Throw, we're gonna me take our,
2: one. Throw me another one. We're going to take our final break and then we come back. And I'm going to ask you something uh, real quick when we come back before we can continue. We <laughs> should have added an extra half hour. This is G's Power Hour. I never had it so good entertainment, and we will be right back.
0: Hi, I'm Tim Garrison, and I think i found a way to help you understand what is chill-out jazz. Some of y'all may be confused. Because of the style of we make jazz and R&B. We? we don't categorize, we just be what sound good, baby. It's jazz. It is what it is. It is it r I and mean. Tune in every Wednesday is night is. at 10 on K-Ham Radio. Oh, yeah. right here. Sure.
3: This is Douglas Dobbs.
2: Welcome back to G's Power Hour. I never had it so good. Entertainment. I'm your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us, Kevin Anderson. Before we go any further, because we know we're not going to cover mm-hmm. everything, <laughs> but tell us about your career path. We're still discussing careers, and everybody's you know that's been on. We over the past week or so, we've been talking about how you got from point A to point B. Tell us a little bit about sure. your career path. Sure. All right. So my career path was. Uh,
1: Started in the Air Force. Uh, when I left high school, I enlisted in the United States Air Force, and uh, I spent uh, time uh, in what is known as uh, the uh, the Bootstrap Program, which enabled me to uh, remain on active duty but to uh, attend college on a full time basis anywhere that I could be admitted to college. Um, I received a paycheck, but I had to pay for college. So. Uh, I matriculated uh, into uh, Florida State University, now I'm not from Florida, I was like living at the time in Washington DC, but I always knew that Florida State had a uh, a really good school of criminology, so um, that was something that I sought out and uh, went to Florida State, uh, their school of criminology, it just so happens that like I live here now. Uh, So uh, I got my bachelor's degree while on active duty, and uh, then um, I was able to leave active duty with a ton of uh, accrued time for, you know, sick leave or annual leave. Um, I enrolled in, uh, or I was accepted at Syracuse University. Uh, So while I still had about a year of uh, annual and sick leave saved up, I, like, was allowed by my unit to go to uh, to law school and I received uh, still um, uh, a paycheck for uh, being um, um, in a, a status where I had that time saved up, but I was still a student, uh, a first-year law student at Syracuse.
0: Um,
1: you know, I was not the most studious high school person. Uh, I, I, I could always uh, hold my own. I could, you know, persuade people to do things that that I wanted them to do. Uh, I was somewhat of a leader. Um, I was the class president for uh, the, I believe it was the 10th and 11th year of high school. Um, I was in Air Force ROTC. And, um, you know, uh, looking back on that, I, I, I'm blessed to have been pushed into that program because, uh, you know, I really, uh, I didn't have an option when I was in high school. This was something I had to do, or I was probably going to um, have a, pro- a hard time in, in a math class that I had been inadvertently assigned to. So in order to get out of that class, I had to do ROTC. And that sort of, like, you know, catapulted me uh, into an Air Force career if I'm graduating from high school. So, uh, So, again, you know, high school, Air Force, Air Force. Uh, bootstrap program while I was on active duty, and then from there, uh, I was able to attend law school at Syracuse, and uh, then uh, once I graduated from law school, I knew I wanted to work uh, as a criminal defense lawyer, and, uh, you know, I uh, was accepted into a number of programs. Uh, One of them was the uh, Dade County uh, Public Defender's Office, so I did a uh, uh, certified legal internship there, and then I moved up to the Palm Beach County Public Defender's Office, where I joined that staff and was a trial attorney on on uh, on staff there. Uh, and then I went into private practice. Um, so uh, practiced a number of years and began to see that man, there's a market out here and a need for lawyers who are able to challenge uh, police misconduct and uh, and to also. Uh, become an activist with respect to civil rights, or where there uh, are police liability actions.
2: So, so basically, you took your potential criminal mind there to to get inside the head of other criminals and help defend them, kind of like that, right? Because you were about to get in trouble.
1: I I totally was <laughs> off the chain. I, I was ridiculous. We we we've ridiculous. talked to your mama.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: I I was ridiculous. And I just thank God that when they caught me they let me go. And um that I was able to maneuver through um some troubled borders. And and I, it's it's only think it's only the hand of God that kept me safe. All right, and, and, and uh and sail schoon, you had her on uh, not too long ago. She's the president mm-hmm. of the uh of Women Florida League of Women Voters. Um I mm-hmm. was blessed to be in the Air Force with her. And we wound up on the same platform in the same office. And it was just she and I. And um, we talked. She was more than a mentor to me. Um, Cecile um, inspired me. She was patient with me. She put up with my crap. Um, And um, I was uh, literally able to to launch into the the bootstrap program on her watch. Um, And um, so one of my proudest moments was to call her up one day and to tell her that I had been admitted to the Florida bar. Uh, she didn't even mm-hmm. know I was in law school. Yeah, and she was like my guy. So, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll always recognize and be thankful uh, for uh, Cecil Schoon.
2: I have to interject here uh, because I, I guess I missed the call, but um, it, I got, got an email from um, immigration attorney, Warrior, princess, daughter of the most high, Nadine Brown, she said she wanted to chime in on a couple of things um, that we've discussed. Uh, she said about the gender identity in the Bible, Matthew nineteen twelve. she says, because we know he made us both male and female. She says, but I truly tell you, some of us were born with differing, differing sexual identities, et cetera, but can we just treat each other like human beings and respect One another, she says we we need gender neutrality in bathrooms. And then she also uh, Nadine also said, as for the pregnant female, every school activity requires a waiver or consent for liability, so your pregnant student will have to assume some degree of risk for her trampoline activities. She said, but she loved the show. She said, go Gretchen and Kevin. That was from (laughs) Nadine. I love Nadine. I watch. I listen to uh, the episodes or the uh, the shows, the segments
1: rather, when you you and yeah. uh, Nadine are on. I, I love
2: I love her input. I love. It. I love Nadine, you, Nadine too. Yes. Yeah. So let me let like you get back to defending our children's civil rights. Uh, let's continue because, like I said, we probably should have had a longer show because I know we're not getting everything. But go ahead, please.
1: You're not getting everything, but you're getting the gist of. of uh, some of the things are, are uh, going to be uh, uh, paramount to uh, student choices and student challenges uh, on campuses throughout Florida, uh, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy to come back and to continue the discussion, even with a panel. Uh, so sure. we are, we are, um, you know, we're 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 in, we're at a crossroads here. It's a challenge, and as Nadine so aptly uh, pointed out, uh, you know, res- mutual respect. You know, we don't have to agree. We don't have to endorse. But we have to be respectful of people who have differences. Um, they're human beings, and they are our co-citizens. And we have to understand that they have a right to exist. we got to, like, do what we need to do to, uh, to somehow live, like, in the same place. You know, one of, my, one of my colleagues told me, he says, listen, man, you know, trees and grass grow in the same place. But, like, you know, one, you know, winds up, like, you know, growing a lot higher than the other one. And the other one is, just like, hanging out down low. But you don't see them fighting. Why are we? <laughs> you know? Mm. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. All right. All right. So is there anything in particular you'd like to ask me?
2: Um I want to ask about the, the, I guess the right to defend yourself as, as a child, you know, I get bullied, but what I can't hit back. I get in trouble just like the person that, that, you know, started, you know, what, 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 am I allowed to defend myself? You know, what are the, you know, am I having to suffer the consequences, even though I didn't start the fight, you know, whatever. Um, teacher decides to cut my dreadlocks you know do, do i just you know say hey don't put your hands on me <laughs> you know what mm. you know mm. or do i just no. let her cut them
1: no no you don't let anyone touch you um uh, that's not going to happen that's the battery and I, I'm, I'm telling you right now if anybody under the sound of this voice has their hair involuntarily cut give me a call because you got a lawyer all right um <laughs> so you, you have you recently had someone on, uh, talking about the Crown Act. The, uh, and for those who don't know what the mm-hmm. Crown Act is, it's, uh, it's, it's an acronym that stands for, uh, create a respectful and open world for natural hair. Um, and, um, you know, we are walking around now with like, you know, hair that's not picked out or hair that's not, you know, uh, pressed or, uh, you know, c- consistent with uh, hair that, uh, people who don't typically have brown skin have. Um, it's okay to look like that. So, you know, you, you don't have to, like, you know, stop corn rolling your hair or, you know, walking around with braids or dreads, you know. I mean, these are challenges that have to be dealt with by people like Nadine and I. You know, we cannot allow us to be trampled. Uh, we have rights. And, um, you know, again, if that, that particular thing happens with respect to someone touching hair or cutting hair, you call me and I'll, I'll, be, I'll deal with it. Um, and as far as self-defense, if someone hits you or, you know, hit them back. You don't have to be a punching bag. You don't have to deal with that, man. You know, it's just, just it, you have the right to defend yourself on a school campus, just like you would have that same right if you were walking in the streets. Uh, so you can stand your ground in a, at a school campus. Literally. You know, now I'm not telling you to bring a stick of dynamite mm-hmm. to school or, or, you know, a shotgun or a butcher knife. Don't
3: do that, mm-hmm.
1: okay? If someone attacks yeah. you, though, defend yourself. Don't sit yeah. here and let them like beat you up.
2: Kevin, gotta go, gotta go. But let's just put this out there: you do not have the right to go around with bad hygiene, brush your teeth, wash yourself, uh, <laughs> your hair, and everything. And you because you do not have the right to, to offend anyone else that you are going to school with. You know, just keep that in mind too. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate it, and thank you all for listening. This has been G's Power Hour I Never Had It So Good Entertainment. Be well, be safe, be blessed. Talk with you tomorrow with the principle of positive pathways. Please remember, all real power comes from God. Take care. Be well.